Bismillah, walhamdulillah, wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah. They say just as our bodies need nourishment to survive, our souls need to be nourished as well. But the question is, how often do we feed our souls? Welcome to Soul Food, a podcast about spiritual refinement. My name is Amjad Tarsin, and I invite you to embark with me on this journey inward to work on our souls. Take my hand, Assalamu alaikum and welcome to episode 15 of Soul Food where we're going to look at repentance and we're moving, we're shifting gears a little bit now in Soul Food. If you've noticed, I actually got an email the other day where a sister was saying, you know, I was listening to Soul Food and uh, I've been enjoying it, but then it hit me that everything that you've been looking at has been negative. It's all these negative quality traits. So she was asking if we could balance it out with some of the positive quality traits. So actually what we've been doing is we have been looking at these negative quality traits first, and now for the rest of Ramadan, inshallah, we're going to look at the positive quality traits that connect us with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the reason that we went about it that way is scholars say that the heart is like a cup. And in order for that cup to be full, with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy and nearness to Him and that intimacy with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that cup, if it's dirty, it needs to be washed first before you can put something beautiful in it that someone can benefit by. So we wanted to look at the negative, the diseases of the heart first so that we could try to remove them as much as possible with Allah's assistance before beautifying the heart with these positive quality traits. So that's why we structured it this way. So I just wanted to clarify that in case anyone else was wondering, and that sister who emailed me also knows why we went about it that way. So now we're moving into the positive quality traits that we need to connect with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In this episode, we're going to look at the divine urge that Allah casts into people's hearts. We're going to look at how sins affect the heart we're also going to look at conditions for repentance and the benefits of repentance as well. So looking at the divine urge, what is the divine urge? Imam al-Haddad talks about this divine urge that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives as a gift to the heart of a servant that he wills guidance for. And what that is, is that it's something that agitates your heart. It moves your heart. Uh, to recognize that something needs to change. So a person feels a sense of, you know, something's not right in my life. Something needs to change. I need to get right with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is the divine urge that Allah places in a heart so that it begins to seek Him. And Imam al-Haddad says, this is a great gift. And this is really the precursor to repentance. This is the prerequisite. This is kind of what starts a person off in saying, you know what? I need to change my life. I need to get right with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I need to take advantage of whatever time I have left because I don't really know how long that is. And it usually comes with a difficult test because when we're tested with something difficult, we then have the opportunity to analyze and reassess our lives. And it is a sign that when a, a person turns back to Allah in repentance, 
that Allah loves that person or that they're setting out on the path to being given love from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As Allah says in the Quran, A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Rajeem, Inna Allaha yuhibbu tawabina wa yuhibbu al-mutatahireen That truly Allah loves those who are often returning back to Him, who are repenting constantly, turning back, that their heart is constantly seeking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and He loves those who are always purifying themselves. So now let's look at the ways that sins affect the heart. Imam Ibn Ata'Allah says beautifully, he kind of describes the way that sins affect the heart. He says, when a person commits a sin, this is accompanied by darkness. Indeed, disobedience is like a fire, and darkness is its smoke. It is like someone kindling a fire in a room for 70 years. Do you not think that the roof of that room will be blackened? That the heart will not be able to see, will not be able to connect with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and witness His perfection and His attributes and so forth when the smokiness of sin is blinding it. So he goes on to say, in the same way the heart is blackened by disobedience and nothing wipes it clean except repentance to God. Humiliation, darkness, and being veiled from God are thus natural accompaniments of disobedience. But when you repent to God, the effects of these, the effects of these sins disappear. When you repent to Allah, they disappear. Allah cleans your heart. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala purifies the heart. So what are the conditions for repentance? If you're in a position where you say, you know, I want to turn back to Allah. I want to connect with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I want to get right. I want to live a righteous life. I want to live a noble existence. The conditions for repentance are three, and in some cases are four. The first is a person needs to feel a sense of remorse. Like if you don't feel bad about sinning, then your repentance is not sincere. You have to feel bad about it. And that's the most important aspect of repentance is for a person to say, oh, I wish I didn't do that. I don't want to do that again. I don't want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to see me that way again. So the first is remorse. The second is the person has to leave the sin. So a person can't repent in the middle of a sin and say, you know what, I'm just going to finish doing this. I'm going to finish having fun and then I'm going to repent. That doesn't work that a person needs to leave it altogether. The third condition is that they have to make a firm resolve never to return, saying, I'm never going to do that again for the rest of my life. And if they fulfill these three conditions, then inshallah their repentance is accepted by Allah. The fourth condition is in the case of if you harm another human being. If you wrong another person, that you need to right that wrong and you need to seek that person's forgiveness. So in the case of someone who takes money from another person, they need to return that money. Or the case of someone who harms a person, they need to ask for forgiveness. So that could be also the fourth condition. Uh, and it's really important. That's why our dealings with other human beings, we have to be very careful. Because seeking forgiveness from Allah is not difficult. But when we harm other human beings, that fourth condition can be very difficult. So now let's look at the benefits of repentance. There was a sheikh who his student would, you know, people would come to him and students would come to him. 
And one person came to him one time and he said, uh, you know, the town that I'm coming from, we're experiencing a drought. So what should we do? The sheikh said, you should make istighfar. You should ask Allah for forgiveness. You should repent back to Allah. So the man went on his way with the advice from the sheikh. Another person came and said, uh, you know, I, I'm not able to have children. That I've been married for a while and I'm not able to have children. So what should I do? So the sheikh said to him, you should ask Allah for forgiveness. Do istighfar. And then the man went on his way. Then someone else came and said, we don't have a lot of crops. Our crops are not growing. We don't have a lot of food. Once again, the sheikh's response was, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness. So the people around the sheikh, they started to wonder, is this sheikh just, does he have one answer for every question? It seems that anyone who comes to him with different problems, that he gives them all the same answer. So someone asked the sheikh, like, why do you keep saying just make istighfar, just ask Allah for forgiveness? And the sheikh said, do you not read the Qur'an? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an, فَقُلْتُ اسْتَغْفِرُوا رَبَّكُمْ إِنَّهُ كَانَ غَفَّارًا يُرْسِلِ السَّمَاءَ عَلَيْكُمْ مِدْرَارًا وَيُمْدِدُكُمْ بِأَمْوَالٍ وَبَنِينَ وَيَجْعَلْ لَكُمْ جَنَّاتٍ وَيَجْعَلْ لَكُمْ أَنْهَارًا That Allah says in Surah Nuh, He says, Ask forgiveness of your Lord, He is ever forgiving. And if you do so, what's the result? He will send down abundant rain from the sky for you. So that was the answer to the man who was suffering from a drought. He will give you wealth and sons, wealth and children. That was the man who couldn't have children. And he will provide you with gardens and rivers. And that was a response for the person who their crops weren't growing. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, if you ask forgiveness of your Lord, these are the things that you are given by him. Is that wealth and children and rain and crops and so forth. So there's so many benefits in turning back to Allah. And this is the first step in actually drawing closer to Allah. That a person needs to recognize that they need to change and that they need to turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I'll leave you with this. One of the great sages of Islam, Abu Rabi', he said, Go to God limping and with your broken limbs. So in other words, what that means is, don't wait to become a perfect person before you ask Allah for forgiveness. Someone might be listening to this, you might be listening to this and thinking, I'm not good enough to turn back to Allah. I'm not at a point in my life that I can really change and that I can really live like righteous people. So I can't even try to turn back to Allah. No, that's not the right answer. Even with your mistakes, even with your shortcomings, even if you feel like you're not worthy, just turn back to Allah in whatever way you can. In whatever way you can, even if it's just a little bit, Turn your heart back to Allah because it's better than not doing so. So go back to Allah with limping and with your broken limbs. In other words, even if you're not perfect, just turn back to Allah. Allah's door is open. The gates are open for forgiveness and mercy, particularly in this blessed month of Ramadan. So that brings us to the call to action. It's very simple. The call to action is... At some point today, either after one of the prayers or tonight, sit down and say Astaghfirullah 100 times. The Prophet Muhammad وسلم, he would say Astaghfirullah, which means I seek Allah's forgiveness 100 times a day. Sit down, and it only takes 
like three to five minutes. Sit down and say Astaghfirullah 100 times. Say Astaghfirullah 100 times. And then there's a second call to action. There's a second thing I want you to do and that we all should do and I should do myself is that think of one person that you've wronged and reach out to them and ask them for forgiveness. This is not easy. But this is if you're serious about turning back to Allah, you have to get right with the people that you wronged. Think of one person that you wronged and ask them for forgiveness. Even if you know that they're not going to forgive you, ask for the sake of Allah. Just ask them to forgive you and tell them that you feel bad for whatever way you've wronged them. Even if they don't forgive you, it's something pleasing to Allah that you asked. So that's the call to action for today. Uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy on us and make us turn back to Him and bestow His mercy and forgiveness and free us from punishment in the hereafter. Once again for listening, please remember us in your du'as and please feel free to send us any questions or thoughts or feedback on Soul Food FM on Twitter and Facebook. والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته